as it gets later in the evening. Cat, it's now about 7 p.m. ish. Mm-hmm. You're just about to open Somnio, just getting things ready as usual. Who's at work today, other than you? Ooh, who is with me? Do I remember my co-workers' names? This, this, is a, mm. this is a point at which you get to establish any new co-workers that you would like, in fact. Mm-hmm. I imagine that there are a lot of people working a lot of shifts. Well, wait, what day of the week is it? It's Wednesday. Oh, in that case, like... Hmm. So, Kat is there, Siobhan is there, and she's not particularly happy about it because she he needs to be up early the next morning. Mm-hmm. See who else? Mm. I think Beth is there too. And honestly, since it's a Wednesday, we're all going in expecting it to be slow. Wednesday tends to be the slowest day of the week. Mm-hmm. It is neither a party day nor the day when people are trying to make make up for all of mm-hmm. the terrible work experiences that they've already had. Um, mm-hmm. Emily is not there. Emily is regularly off on Wednesdays because that's the slow day, and she feels that she can leave that to Kat. Mm-hmm. A couple of the hostesses are on their way that we will meet in a bit. Um, you are setting up the bar and stuff like that, just making sure that everything is, I- is as ideal as possible for yet another day at work. While all of that is happening, I would like you very idly to give me a very peculiar fortune roll. Oh, dear. A 1d6 roll. Oof! <laughs> Ooh. Na- That's a one, folks! The, nat- the nature of the number is not uh, what's going to matter, because you're going to realize what rolling these dice are going to represent in a, in a little bit. Now, in order for us to pick a random number between this amount, I would like you to give me... I would like you to roll 1d15 for me. Okay. And that's a 13. Cool. As you're setting up, very idly, no like, everyone else is either in the dressing room getting ready or just, like, relaxing in the lounge behind the counter and stuff like that. You are, you have most of the actual bar space to yourself. You're just, like, in Mm -hmm. this room, like, neatening up some stuff. When... As you are, like, sweeping the table, you notice, like, a small piece of card kind of, like, fall on the table in front of you. You know that this is kind of sudden and weird, because where the hell would it fall from? But you also know Mm -hmm. that this is the kind of thing that happens to you in particular often, wherever you are. You have just received a card from the Deck of Reveries. Hmm. That card... (laughs) Kat's actually going to pick that up. And this stupid dress doesn't have pockets, so she is going to put that down the side of her bra for now. She is not looking at it yet. Mm, noted. We have time before opening. So, Kat is going to go grab Sophie, who just got in and finished her makeup, and ask Sophie to finish up some of the mise en place at the bar so that Kat can grab a bathroom break before we have to unlock. Okay. And while Kat is in the bathroom, she is going to, you know, make sure the door is well locked, and then pull the card out and get the good look. Because we don't want this to, you know, accidentally awaken something in me while I'm out on the floor. 
Mm-hmm. For obvious reasons, these cards are very volatile. So, the door well and truly locked. You stand in front of one of the mirrors and you take out the card. Black cardboard with gold inlays and, like, gold embossing on the uh, front of the card itself. The image on the card is a knight, helmet, like, kind of shorn right through the center diagonal, right through the front diagonally, but still resting on their head as they uh, hold their sword uh, similarly diagonally, menacingly in front of what seems to be a locked gate. As if to imply that there is some intruder right ahead of them that they are attempting to defend against. You know this card, even though there is no text on it, you know this card to be the Royal Guard, which is the night face card of the Gates suit of the Deck of Reveries. What does card mean? (laughs) You know, I just opened the page for it in our notion to find that out and it was blank yeah and that's why I'm i realized you. that it's because yes because it is my job to determine that <laughs> <laughs> oofa doofa okay <laughs> the royal guard is one of those cards that cat doesn't like to see come up because she struggles to explain it to people because It is a card about commitment. It is about knowing that the odds are against you, knowing that if you stick with this, you're not going to get a good outcome, but also knowing that, like, you gave your word and you are bound by that. So essentially, the shorthand of it is the promises you have made are coming back to bind you. Uh Uh-huh. This card is significant to you in particular for what reason? Especially since it refers to promises. What is this card attempting to remind you in this moment? The last time Kat saw this card was after what happened to Euphony. And to Kat, what that meant was, in Euphony's absence, we have to carry on the things that she charged us with. Regardless of the fact that for certain of the group, including Kat, word given was given under duress. The conditions of the promise are not important. The promise itself is. Does this card not also imply as a result that you know that this is going to end poorly for you? Yep. How does that make you feel in this moment? Honestly, more annoyed than anything because like, really, really, right the fuck now? (laughs) at work you have to remind me about this other work very Mm -hmm. cool just as you're processing that there is a knock on the bathroom door Mm -hmm. I'll be out in a minute okay does anything else stand out to you about this card before you leave the bathroom any other thoughts that occur to you Hmm. what does the back look like The very strange thing about the Deck of Reveries when it comes to you as a result of a a premonition is that the backs are also usually their own kind of oracular process. So when you look at the back of the card, you see two things very strangely. 
suddenly the back of the card seems to have this kind of uh, lenticular design that when you hold it against the light one way or another, it seems like you're getting two different images. But there are two images that don't pair very well in that sense, such that you know that you are looking at a thing that is not vi- not real in this moment. Oh god, it's one of those magic eye bullshit. Mm-hmm. I you- would like to um, take a stress to put in a flashback. Aha, okay. Uh, might I ask about this flashback? The flashback is... Cat in season one, after receiving a different card in much the same way, going into this very bathroom, opening the toilet tank, and putting on the inside of the lid a strip of blue tack. So now, in the present, because she doesn't want to risk this falling out of her bra mid-shift, Cat opens the toilet tank and uses the blue tack to secure the card safely out of harm's way where it won't fall in the water. Okay. And you can actually see that there is a second card in there that she forgot to remove last time this happened. And she just makes herself a little mental note. Yeah, I've got to get those later tonight. Okay. So you're going to put it away before you look at the back? Yes, because Kat knows that she doesn't have, like, time to go put herself in some kind of goddamn oracular trance right now. She has a bar to run. Duly noted. Okay. Um, So you have two cards waiting for you right there. I will decide what that other card is later. And The other card is from at least, oh, I would say two weeks back, if not from season one. Oh yeah, that's a season one card. Um, so we will see that very soon. But yeah, you uh, get out of the bathroom, get back to work. Today is already a particularly awkward day at work because one of the first customers that appear, just like almost as soon as you open, is a man in his 40s that you feel like you should recognize, but you don't very much recognize when he walks in. F- like, unnecessarily sharply dressed for a Wednesday you get the impression that he's kind of showing off, in fact. And... uh, Honestly, Kat kind of appreciates it. Because if she is going to be made to do all this presentation-y bullshit, it is only fair that men are putting in the same effort. So when she sees a guy who is putting in the same effort, even if he's, like, a new type of guy, she will still appreciate that at least somebody else here is doing the work. Mm Mm-hmm. So... This guy comes in, like, gives this kind of very, like, weird, curious look at everything that is going on, as if he has no idea how this is supposed to work, and then finds a booth seat somewhere near, like, one of the walls of uh, Somnio, and sits down. You have enough experience with customers to know that he looks like he expects something, but you don't know what it is he's expecting. Mm Mm-hmm. Since he didn't order from the book or anything, Kat will go over with the book, introduce herself, briefly run down, you know, the setup of the bar, and leave him to make his choice. Mm-hmm. Do you deliberately explain to him that he's only requesting company with one person? Did- yeah. It would be, here is the book, you can look at, at the profiles and decide who you'd like to sit with you, and we will send a girl over. And of note is that, like, the book is a binder, and part of the opening duties 
before the doors open is that whoever is the manager on staff switches through the pages to make sure that it only reflects the people present. Mm -hmm. There's like a little divider. Mm -hmm. So there are pages for the girls who are off that day behind the divider in case someone would like to place a reservation for a later date. So you give this guy a couple of moments. He later requests that he'd like to see, uh, he'd like to speak with Beth. Things are going very well and not at all problematic for a good bit. And then you notice from this person's direction that lots of people are talking, like, very loudly from his direction. Mm-hmm. Yes, I will have to go see what is going on here. There is a young woman on staff who may have also recently just started. What is that young lady's uh, performance name? Fleur. Beth and Fleur are with this guy now. Being very courteous, but you can tell that Fleur is like, I don't know what's happening. This is kind of weird. Gives you this kind of look like, please get me out of this situation. This guy is talking very loudly and is spending lots of money. Like there is, there are four stacks of cash on the counter. And he's like popping bottles of champagne that he's not drinking from, like just waving it. Mm -hmm. It's obvious that he is not drunk, but he's very boisterous all of a sudden. When you hear him talk, you're hearing him talk about work and all of the money that he has. He's not, he's not being inappropriate by any means, but he is mm-hmm. being very grandstanding in this moment in a way that is not only actively making other patrons around him uncomfortable, but he seems to be deliberately trying to get the attention of other hostesses who are actively attempting to engage with them, which may be part of the reason why those other patrons are also annoyed. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. When you walk over to his booth, he's like very awkwardly gesturing to you as if also asking you to join him. And oh, like, no, Cat's no, not like, walking to his booth. Cat is going to the booth near him, making a circuit, checking in on the is it, girls and their customers and comping some drinks very quietly. Mm-hmm. All of them have the exact same thing to tell you, which is... This dreamshine doofus making a goddamn scene, trying to, like, lure every hostess here over to his booth. Can can you just do something about that guy? Like, this is kind of ruining the experience, to be honest. I didn't come here to be shouted at can- by... Kat is comping drinks, but she's also making note of who is saying these things, because they are breaking etiquette by speaking about another customer. Uh, some of them obviously know that. The others, this is like their first or second time here, and this has never occurred to them that this is supposed to happen. But it's just like, they're all very obviously annoyed. Mm-hmm. Do you confront this guy at all? Kat goes by the table to tap one of the extra girls on the shoulder and say, Hey, we need you at the bar. You tap Fleur, and Fleur comes over and goes... God, thank you for that. That was... Apparently he's spending money like he's never had any before on the, dream, on the Dreamshine board. Good for us, obviously, but he's very noisy. So yeah, I'm, I can actually take over here if you want. Like, if you really want me to. You're fine, you're fine. You just looked like you needed a little bit of a break. Kind of, but uh, some of the other girls might need one as well. But yeah, I guess I'll just... We'll tag through. So tables 
three, six. Their next whiskey is free. Three's having it rocks. Six is having it straight. Oh, yeah, the guy at six, six likes th- something peaty. Get the scotch out of over the back. Okay, cool. Scribbles down some notes on her hand and goes to make some drinks. As the level of annoyance Cat starts... very, very pointedly pulls out a couple more of the disposable little shibori when she sees Fleur writing on her hand and, like, waves them at her and puts them down on the back of the bar counter because right. she is going to need to clean up before she gets back on the floor. Yeah, understood. So she disappears as the level of annoyance starts to fluctuate into in the somnio. Uh, I would like you to give me your obligation roll now. What attribute will you be rolling with? Oh dear. Hmm. It's going to have to be conceal. Ah, not the not the uh, skill, the attribute, oh. because you're making a hmm. um, resistance roll. Yeah, I think I want to make that stars. Aha. Uh-huh. This is going to be a charisma move. And also, she's under social pressure. Okay. So let's see. Hmm. Right, my brain immediately went hollow for a bit. <laughs> when we say lowest attribute, we mean lowest attribute in that category? Your lowest attribute is the attribute that you have the uh, least dots in. So, out of Sun, Moon, and Stars, which do you have less skills in? I would have to say that is Sun, because I have no dots in Sun. Uh-huh. Right. So that but means- I'm not sure that rolling Sun makes sense for the context of this interaction. Not perfectly, no. I would like to think that it's... It might be physically taxing just in, in the case of she is going to be doing an awful lot of running around in very high heels while she appeases everyone that this guy is pissing off. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, this is obviously work. And at the moment, the only person who is actively interacting is you, because most of the other hostesses are presently being harassed by this guy. So yes, can you give me two die fortune roll and we will take the lowest... A two and a three. two and a three. So the lowest is two. You take four stress. Okay. Yeah, it... Cleaning up this guy's mess requires a great deal more activity than you thought you were immediately prepared for. But you eventually calm everyone down. This guy leaves without giving his name. Obviously making weird cloying requests that at some point he will be back. He has bought... in alcohol that he did not drink and leaves like a very hearty tip for every individual girl that sat with him. So he spent like upwards of $13,000 here simply for the right to be annoying, it would seem. Um, Kat is going to take take advantage of the fact that this is a socially acceptable thing for her to do as a hostess and she is going to go around with those open bottles and just be offering free champagne on on the house, but on this asshole after he has left to everyone, every single customer present, if they want it, has the ability to have some free champagne right now. Mm-hmm. The minute this and guy the girls leaves, are also drinking a bit. The minute this guy leaves, everybody literally starts cheering when that happens. <laughs> And uh, as we slowly fade out of Somnio, 
we will head over to Monsieur Eros's. It is now maybe nine o'clock. Monsieur is not supposed to be open this late. Every once in a while, it will stay open a little while because regular customers or next-door neighbors or just very nice people are still here eating and drinking, and we will just close whenever they're done. And Ruth, while you are here, how has your workday been so far at this moment? Well, Ruth did not sleep as much as he would have liked, so he was already in a very terrible mood coming to work. I would like to say that before he slept, he like stayed awake for about 45 minutes looking at his phone and then not looking at it, looking at his phone and then not looking at it. And then finally, after he was reaching about an hour and the phone didn't buzz, he texted Dice saying, if you're dead, we're even. And then went to bed and then went to work (laughs) and then determinedly ignored every single thought of everything and anything that happened and just tried to get through the day. Your day has been mostly all right up to this moment. Just very weird and awkward every once in a while during the day. Hmm. Because you keep noticing from around like one o'clock up until this point, you have kept noticing that every once in a while, two or three people will walk past the shop And you can see them pointing and saying something secretly to themselves about the shop. But you can't hear what they're saying because they're outside. And some of those people seem like mildly amused, giggling the entire time as they walk past. And some of them seem very annoyed or even angry as they like make rude gestures towards the shop and walk past. It is now... Nine o'clock, and you notice a white van parked somewhere on the other side of the street. You can't really make out anything about it because the street light on that side of the street is not working. It looks like it has some text on it, but you can't make out what the text is. You see the sliding door of the van open. You see two men come out of it with what looks like very heavy equipment in their hands. You see them close the van And then you see them, like, set up something very elaborate beside the van and then step out to, like, just just in view of the windows of Monsieur that you can see them, but still just out of the range of any actually working streetlight on the street. You can't make out what they're actively doing on that side of the road, only that it requ- that it's two guys and something that looks bulky between them. And that they're right. it seems like they're looking at or pointing at or doing something in the direction of the shop. Am I the only one on shift right now? There was like a 20-something year old girl on shift who is presently on a bathroom break and neither of the owners are here at the moment because they went out to buy some uh, fresh produce before their favorite grocer closes. Mm -hmm. So right now it's literally just you and two patrons who are just like having like mango smoothies near the um, entrance door. Okay, so what Ruth is concerned about right now because he is the worry caretaker, he takes care of everyone, his immediate concern is that something 
might happen to the cafe and people might be in danger? Does he need to evacuate people or be ready to, heaven forbid, call the police, although that might result in things being even worse? So he's just kind of really, really braced, has like the shop phone closer to the cash than usual, is just kind of keeping track of all the exits, you know, mm-hmm. being prepared, basically. Mm-hmm. I would like you to give me a roll. Oh, what kind of a roll? Um, they've been there so long, and you've, like, because you are now being alert, this is an opportunity for you to potentially learn something about what might actually be happening outside. Oh, I guess... Could that be a perceive? Perceive would work in this instance, yes. All right. Then I shall roll a perceive. Your position is your position is desperate, and your effect is limited. I don't like that. Why am I in a desperate position at my own job? Well, that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> my effect is limited. I am rolling one d six because I have one dot in perceive. That's a five. Ooh, nice. The streetlight on the other side of the street momentarily flickers enough for you to notice that it looks like it's a TV news camera crew. Oh. You have no idea what a TV, TV news camera crew is posted outside your window. And just as you notice that woman in a lilac pantsuit knocks on the glass door of Monsieur. I know what you want me to do, <laughs> and I don't want to do it. <laughs> because Ruth is shy, and he doesn't like being on camera for anything whatsoever. <laughs> so he's very miserable. Oh. Is the other coworker back yet? <laughs> nope. Ah, hell. The, In that case... This person is knocking more insistently now. One of the patrons is like looking at you like, are you not noticing the thing? They're like. Ruth holds up a finger and, like, wait. It's the polite finger and goes to the back to knock on the bathroom door. Uh, who's the co worker? Is it my bestie? It is not. Not my bestie. It's like a new girl named Shelly. Very nice, very personable. Seems just a little bit shy, but it's like very nice, very decent person. Um, okay. So, Ruth just knocks on the door. Yeah? And says, uh, Shelly, I think um, someone wants to talk. I'm just going to handle that. Uh, okay? If it becomes a disaster, just get everybody out. A dis- what? Thanks. And he goes. (laughs) You can hear Shelly's voice, like, trailing off as you continue going what could possibly what's happening out there as you walk back to the front door and then he opens the door without like missing a beat as soon as like 
outside air has now entered through the door. Uh, this Aww. this woman in this lilac pants who suddenly goes, uh, Hi, good evening. I'm Madeline Vargas with uh, Channel 11 Natlin News. Uh, we wanted to know if we could get a soundbite about the social media hubbub that's been started about Monsieur. I figured that you or one of the owners would have something to say about the statements that have been made against your cafe if uh, if you'd like to give us five minutes of your time right now, we'll get out of your hair as soon as possible. Is that all she says? Uh, yeah. Like, Ruth? immediately after saying it, she has already turned to her camera crew and is, like, gesturing very silently to them. You notice that the camera is now immediately trained on you and is focusing in your direction. Ruth keeps his face very, very blank and very, very emotionless because he knows how he looks, he knows how he comes across, he knows how he sounds... And he says, we're almost closing. Come back tomorrow. And then he closes the door and goes back inside. This reporter is about to say something, but the door is already closed. She goes back to gesturing towards the camera crew. They seem far more animated now all of a sudden. And then you notice they don't move for several minutes. They're still obviously recording the cafe. Those two patrons finish their smoothies, pay. One of them's like, what happened out there? Are you all okay? I didn't know that a thing happened. The other one is now avidly checking their phone for something. I I guess if they're staying after and we're letting them stay after, they're regulars. And Mm -hmm. thus familiar. And he doesn't need to be actively scary at them. So... He grudgingly concedes in his mind that perhaps Vic is occasionally right and says, are either of you on the internet? Yeah, I'm checking social now. Oh! Oh! Nah, it's nothing. And they put their phone away. Immediately put their arm uh, around their best friend's arm. It's like, we should go. And they start, like rapidly power-walking their friend, their friend's feet dragging right behind them out of the shop. Um, Well, if they want to leave, Ruth is not going to stop them because the cameras are on. Not that he would have stopped them anyway. So while they were just doing that, he just goes about closing because now they may as well be closing. (laughs) They immediately get stopped by the reporter right outside. Ruth keeps an eye on that. (laughs) Give me another perceive roll. Okay, perceive. Uh, Um, Position and defense. Your position has now been uh, increased to risky, but your effect is still limited. That's a one. Ah, yeah. (laughs) You You hear reporter Madeline Vargas say something to these people you don't make out what it is. All you make out is that the patron that was on their phone when they left gasps very loudly and said, I don't believe it, just before the door closes. But also before the door closes, you see someone put their whole arm (laughs) in front of the door to stop it. Um, Unpleasant and rude. You recognize that arm. No. No. (laughs) I'm leaving the chat, Brandon. Dice. (laughs) Like, Dice has his, like, 
half of half of their face is like pressed up against the space between the door. Just like their eye open very wide at you to go. Are you close to it? Ruth is frozen for five whole seconds because A of all, Dice should not be here. B of all, he has never looked this particular way in front of Dice before because Dice is not privy to this part of his life. Dice is only privy to the beating crap out of people for stress relief part of his life. And C of all, there are people who are watching everything happen and he hates this extremely much. Which is why, before we continue with that specific moment, I would also like to ask you to give me your obligation roll right now. Alright, so I have the same number of dots in moon as in stars. So let's say stars, because stars, your obligation puts you under social pressure or sets off your anxiety. Mm-hmm. That and that right is to pertinent. Me. Yeah. Whereas moon is, your obligation breaks your heart and drives you to despair. Ruth is not in despair right now because he is freaking out. Not yet. Because I have the one dot in Moon, I will be rolling Obligation Moon. That's a six. I'm sorry. Obligation stars. So you get no stress. That's nice. Cool. I Um, love having no stress. It means I have more space for rage. You... (laughs) You... Obviously, maintain your cool throughout this entire experience, which is made somewhat awkward by the fact that the very next thing that Dice says, their arms still sticking in through the door, still like looking at you very eagerly through the space between this ajar door, is that they lift their phone out of their pocket and press it against the the pane glass window right next to the door and goes. So I saw that you were on TV and I figured I wanted to be here before they closed. And on his phone is a live stream of Channel 11 Action News of the camera that is presently outside looking at you both. (laughs) The Chiron at the bottom is Influencer accuses uh, Boba Chain of inappropriate conduct. Ruth is really not happy about any of this, and he says, we are closing. We are not closed. Ah, so we can still talk, though. You can talk, says Ruth, very, very, very politely with an actual customer service smile, which does not suit him whatsoever. You seem very upset at this moment. Why is that? I mean, you have good reasons to be upset, but what's this reason? Everything. I mean, fair. Can I come in? Ruth realizes that Dice waited to ask that, and then he hates that Dice waited to ask that. So he sighs and says, all right, sure. Okay. You open the door for Dice and they enter. They sit down and they go... Over here. So we, uh, the, the camera pans and we see that Vic is seated in a booth that is concealed from the cameras. Oh, you're here. That's good. We have things to talk about. Did Ruth know that Vic was there? 
<laughs> I didn't in, know Vic was there. Vic, Vic came in from the back, having knocked and talked to the other employee, because Vic claimed that Ruth said that I would be coming by, and because of the hubbub in the front, clearly they should come in the back. Yeah, Shelley is literally at the counter going, "This a friend of yours?" Uh, I mean, we let people through the back often, but I never. I don't think we've met before. Anyway, um, they Ruth said they came to see you. Sets his jaw and goes, Vic, Shelley, Shelley, Vic. You now know each other. Shelley, you can continue closing up. Okay, cool. Very eagerly seems to totally miss that you are obviously upset at this moment. Dice is like, so the rest of the gang's gonna be here too, or... I'm just gonna assume that you're the folks... You're one of the folks that I met last night? Professional drag. You you may understand. I get it. Uh, Plus, the dream has its own rules, but you have the demeanor of... The one with the sword. So you did some good things last night? No. I did some good things last night? There are a lot worse things things that that Dice could have done. And I want to start from that, because that means that we're starting Mm -hmm. at the floor instead of the basement. We are starting in the sewers. Dice? We're in a boba shop. I don't get the metaphor we're going for in the moment what's happening can i just talk to you folks please we need to know as much as you can tell us about the people you talk to the people who recruited you what it's been like working with them and then we're going to use that information to do everything that we can to help the people that they lied to you saying that you were going to help that's why i'm here Excellent. Ruth scoffs. Dice turns to Ruth and goes, Technically, I'm, I shouldn't be here, especially not if there are literal camera crews outside. I told you I would explain everything, so I'm here to explain everything. Because you are in over your head, and I need you to know that. This isn't just another street fight. This is, like, fate of the universe shit. Ruth looks at Vic with the most long-suffering expression on his face because fate of the universe type shit is something that Deed would say, and Deed exhausts Ruth on a molecular level. Vic, are you... Did you let anyone else know that you are here? I think Vic wanted to get the measure of Dice the Helper, but has contingencies set so if vic doesn't get back to their phone to undo like basically scheduled messages messages are going out to kat and nina about where vic went and what they were trying to do okay cool um but i would love to see if we can pause here to talk about the crew upgrade that we have the points for because we may need Yes, it's about to come in handy. (laughs) Oh, Lord. I didn't know that a thing might immediately become useful. So what might that crew advance be, then? um, You already want to talk about the ones we were thinking about? I have it on hand. Hold Uh, more people in. I... 
Yes, so one of the abilities that we were thinking of as a crew upgrade was Curiouser. Each protagonist may add plus one action rating to forgive, express, or conceal. Which would be particularly useful in interactions like this, I can imagine. Yes, especially because we are all so remarkably squishy right now. Any extra dots in anything would be good, (laughs) because in a lot of our actions, we are currently rolling the worst of two, because we just don't have dots in things. Another one that we had considered was moment of crisis. When factoring your engagement role, if, you're, if you answer yes to does this mission determine the fate of a friend, gain plus 2D instead of plus 1D. Gain plus 1D when you help a friend recover from emotional harm. That would have been particularly useful in your last engagement in particular. <laughs> yes. So I can see why that would also be valuable here as well. Having that in one's tool belt whenever an engagement role involves saving another dream knight from the dreamscape would be a particularly big deal. So um, those were the main two that came up, but there are other abilities that also seem cool, but those were the ones that came up immediately for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lucid was also tempting. That's a transcendent series ability, so we don't get to use it as much, but it gives uh, an action, a transcendent action dot in forgive, express, and conceal. Mm-hmm. Um, Which would also be very useful, especially the dreamscape. So, as GM, it is my responsibility to let you all know that each of these would be immediately useful to you all, because there will be some dream shenanigans that will take the shape of requiring to uh, determine the fate of a friend at some point. I will let you know that you're not in a hurry for one of those immediately, but... It is not my job to dictate how you spend that one advance. I think all of these are obviously very useful. And if you're going to talk to Dice right now, I obviously see the value of uh, using Curious as well. Which is why I like giving you the opportunity to make the decision now, if that's a thing that you would like to settle on. Or even if you want to hold off on it until a later point to figure out if there's something else that you would like. So I think that it would be very useful for us to get curiouser just because at this point we spend more time in waking phase than we do in dreaming phase. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So transcendent abilities probably do not have as much use potential at this stage of the narrative. Mm-hmm. Plus you still have a lot of investigations to do at this point. Mm-hmm. So placing as much value as possible on your ability to perform those investigations would perhaps be a great deal more useful. Yeah. I'm, I like Curiouser as well. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so let us take Curiouser then, I believe. Okay. Yes. Da-da-da-da. I will add it to our series sheet on the notion. Okay. Where is everyone assigning their action rating? I'm putting mine in Express. Because now I will finally have a dot and something in my sun category. Yeah. <laughs> for Ruth, I'm going to put theirs in conceal for a total of two dots. Because mm-hmm. I like to think that Ruth is as good as hiding things as they are at confronting things. So now they balance out the defy with conceal. So that works out nicely. You also don't need to tell me that right away at this moment. We can learn that through play later on, but I would also like to know how everybody else is putting their points as well. I'm going to put mine in Forgive, which gives me uh, two in Moon. Cool. Nice. And Nina, what about you? As much as I would like to pretend I 
can put something into stars, I think that Nina <laughs> can still not analyze, conceal, or flow. <laughs> and so I think it's going to have to be somewhere else. And so I feel like probably either express or perceive are going to be uh, the options at this point. I'm still kind of going back and forth between them. So it has to be forgive, express, or conceal. Um, oh, that's right. I forgot yeah. that that is literally what it is. Um, so, yeah, I feel like then of those, it might be express. But even then, I feel like it's it's just you starting to express things a little more than before. I have to think about this. I have to think about it. Because if mm. I put another dot in forgive, I'll have two, which is delightful. But Yeah, you can make a note about that and we can decide at a later date. So long as you know that that's yours, and at some point you will have to let me know where that is so you don't miss out on that point. The theme music for Speculate is Yellow Wood by Greg's band The Road. Find out more at www.thebandtheroad.com Hi, everyone. If you've enjoyed what we've been doing here on Speculate and you've been thinking to yourself, where can I get more role-playing in my life? Can I recommend arvaneleron.com, A-R-V-A-N-E-L-E-R-O-N.com, where you can check out the Curse of Strahd podcast. This, set in the world of Ravenloft, is a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition campaign, which has been running for a long time with a similar group of players, and which has been both a lot of fun and I think you will find enjoyable. If you like it, please let us know both there and over here. You can subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play Podcasts, and many other fine podcast providers. Thanks, and we'll see you over there.